Thank you so much for tuning in to the Adventure Between Us podcast. I'm your host, Destiny Finn. Yesterday, we really got talking about what it truly means to use the Lord's name in vain. And today, we are going to be carrying on with that in a semi-part two, but its own segment kind of series of just the God crutch on how often we use him so much more in our lives as the blame and the excuse and the reason why we don't change and everything else than we should be. So let's dive in. In the last episode, we really talked about just using the Lord's name in vain, and we really broke down what that meant. We really broke down the true gravity of that and how we just, most of the time, I feel like nonchalantly use it without even realizing that we are making a fool out of him and making a fool out of ourselves, and just how not to do that and why we shouldn't do that, but also how we kind of use it as a crutch as a mask to get away with our sin and in doing so that also puts us in bondage and today we are really going to be diving more into specifically that of using it for our sin but then putting ourselves in bondage and the title of this episode is called the god crutch but we also need to start looking at him as the god cure and that's what we're kind of really going to be breaking down See, I feel like with the Lord, we use his name in vain, but we also give him way too much blame. He's not the one that caused the pain. We use him for our own devices. We use him as an excuse. We use him for the blame and our settling and shame on why we don't change. But that's the issue where it starts. Because all too often, I feel like we do, we use him as the reason why we're settling and why we don't change because we don't want to change. We use him as a crutch, as a clutch. We hold on for dear life as if that God crutch of a mask gets ripped off. We won't know who we are and people will see us for our sinful shame. And it's honestly really heartbreaking if I'm being completely honest with you, because that is the last thing he wants. But I feel too many of us are fighting the wrong battles and are not actually focusing on the right things. We're looking at the wrong details. But I also think that's how the devil kind of wants to fool us because he's kind of like a magician. Look over here, but the thing is, we're supposed to be looking to the left, not to the right. You know, and he has us distracted and fighting the wrong battles and arguing with the wrong things and looking at the wrong topics that we don't actually, that we're not actually being obedient and doing the things that the Lord truly wants us to do. And we're becoming too overburdened and too overwhelmed and too overstimulated and overfocused on the wrong things. And because of that, we use the Lord as a crutch and, at, and we use religion as that mask of, oh, you know, I'm just praying for you. You know, I'll be praying for that because I don't want to talk to you right now about your issues. You know, oh, I'm just really busy right now, just working in the church and I'm leading a Bible study and I'm doing all this and we look holier than that. But the thing is, we're burnt out, exhausted, and our marriages are falling apart because we're not actually in our homes. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying we're using God as a crutch. 
And I feel like we give him too much weight that isn't even his to carry. And I mean that in the sense of, you know, I just really feel the Lord leading me to this job or I feel the Lord leading me into this relationship, you know? And we say this in the sense of if it doesn't work out, well, he's the one to blame because I felt him leading me there, you know, silly God playing tricks on me. And we have this sick mentality. And I say sick because it's not how we should be living in doing so. You know, yet then we get frustrated when life isn't working out and he shuts that door to that job or that relationship Because it wasn't even him that opened it. It wasn't what his best care for you was. But you forced it open. And there comes a point with a parent with a child where he's like, fine, I'm going to let you walk in your own sin. I'm going to let you make a fool out of yourself. But we put the blame on him of how dare you. When he didn't want to give it to you. You just didn't want to listen to what he had for you. But then also on the flip side, I feel like We forget that we're not robots, you know, that we are people with actual free will of choice. And I think I I once talked to this person and we got into this discussion about giving too much credit to God. Is there an actual limit? And hear me out because we really started talking and I was like, what do you mean by that? Like, explain your thought process. Because when you hear that, is there too much credit being given to God? I was like, what are, what are you talking about? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And he really started, like, asking just, he just asked me some questions. And he's like, when you get that promotion, when you get that job, when you work hard on an essay for school and you get that A, do you actually give yourself some of that credit or do you just say oh god gave me this job you know god gave me this a like he didn't give that to you like yes he did he helped you when you're walking obedient in him he gave you the victory in that battle but it was your action of obedience that got you to that point because you wouldn't have got that a if you didn't put the hard work and time in You wouldn't have got the job if you just sent in a half-assed resume and you showed up in pajamas and slippers to that interview, you know? And that's what we really got talking about is using God as that crutch for everything in our lives. When In reality, he should be the exemplifying outflow of our lives of why we do the things we do, not as a crutch of that backup. Oh, if this fails, you know, God's the one to blame or, you know, this, that, the other, but as that victory, you know, because, and we need to start realizing God gives us the victory, but we took action to get that victory. You know, David didn't just get the victory of the battle. That's not how it worked. David carried out Yah's instructions and from that victory came from Yah because his hand was upon him. And that's where I think we kind of start getting it wrong because we're afraid to take credit for when things go good because we don't want to take credit for when things go bad. 
you see what are you are you getting what I'm trying to break down and say to you with my limited words in my mind at the moment (laughs) you know because we do it's like we're passive in action and we just we want to put the blame somewhere and it's not even necessarily blame it's just we want to give it to somebody else we don't want to put it in our hands we don't want to take that responsibility of I got that job and I'm so thankful the Lord has blessed me with that. He gave me that victory. But we're afraid of being almost seen as prideful if we take pride in being obedient and living a good life. Like when, and it's, it is, it's overwhelming and it's frustrating to kind of explain because I was there and I get it. And I guess if you're not there, you might not get it, especially with the way I'm trying to explain it. Because it's a very specific almost pattern. But it's the concept of we don't want to take the credit because we're afraid if things go wrong, we actually have to admit that we might have not been walking obediently, if that makes sense. And so we do. We just kind of use that shield of, oh, you know, God's just in control of all of it and I have no free will. When in reality, you have every free will and it's just out of your obedience or lack thereof that you get a victory or not. Because if you're walking obedient, I can guarantee you're not going to be pursuing things that he doesn't want you to pursue. Even though you might be because we're all human and we all do fall short. And there have been times in my life where I'm walking with the Lord, but I'm also still walking in that stubbornness of this is what I want. And so he gives it to me and it's not actually what I want. And I've had to learn to take credit for that. Because it's your action. Because we do, we have that free will. And it goes back to, he gives you the victory, but it was your action that stimulated that victory. Because he's not just going to give you action in the battle. You first have to go charge into battle with obedience. You know, and the motivation must be that the love of Yeshua compels us to believe what he said as the truth. And I feel like in our lives, we just don't have a strong enough conviction of the truth. And so we do, we kind of passively just go about in life of X, Y, Z, you know, if it happens, it happens. And we use him to settle in our complacency because we don't want to change, you know? And we get to this place of we're like, oh, well, you know, the Lord just wants us to be poor and just be content with our circumstances. When in reality, we were just too afraid to actually pursue the things that we wanted to pursue. So now we're using him as a crutch for our lives and why they look the way we do. When in reality, he as a creator has created you with that creating ability to limitlessly create your life to be whatever you want it to be. But yet, We just, we settle because out of fear and out of shame and out of whatever reasoning we have, we're just like, nope, this is good. And this is what the Lord has for me. Yada, yada, yada. You know, he just, he wants us to be content in all circumstances. And there's a difference to being content in all circumstances and settling out of complacency. Being content in all circumstances is whether you are in a season of suffering or a season of mountaintop highs You're walking in that peace of Yeshua. It's not, oh, you know, my bills are due and I'm like going under and 
I am the tail, not the head kind of vibe because that is a curse over you. And the Bible clearly states that. But you know, this is, this is what the Lord has for me because I don't think he has curses for you in store. There's only curses for you in store if you're walking in disobedience or you're refusing to take up the armor and the power and the authority he is handing to you to break those generational curses over your family. I don't think he has in store for you that kind of life. Yes, he promises suffering. He also promises peace. And the suffering he promises is you're going to have a lot of hardship from the world, not from him. You might have to go through seasons of hardship, of refinement, but he's not going to pour curses over you. He's not going to wiggle a carrot in front of your face and say, oh, this is for everyone else but you. Oh, the Lord's just so good. But in reality, you are dying inside and you are in pain and you just miscarried or you just had a divorce or you just lost a pet or a job or you're homeless. But oh, the Lord's just good. And we use this as a crutch because we're afraid to actually admit, Lord, I'm in pain right now. I am hurting and I don't know what you're trying to teach me and I am scared and I am unsure. And we use him as the blame because we don't want to actually admit we have these emotions because it might make us look unholier than thou. But it's human. And David knew that. And David had moments of agony. And moments of suffering and just pain in his mind. He had moments of loss and he had moments of hardship. And he was honest. He was brutally honest with God. But the one thing he didn't do was use God as a crutch. When he lost his kid, he admitted full well, yeah, that was me. I walked into sin. Please forgive me for that. But I also know my actions have consequences. Because the truth is you can have success in your battle. But it first comes that we trust that God is the one for us, that his word is truth. And he's the one that helps us fight our battles and gives us the victory. And we step in faith by believing his word. And then we actually start taking credit for the action that we are doing or not doing. And I think also often in life, and I, I've talked about this before, is we, we look for this neon sign of who should I date? What college should I go to? What job should I pursue? What do you want from me? Without actually spending the time to do the groundwork of action, of steps, he directs your steps. Steps is action means you have to be walking in a direction. And sometimes that just means actually focusing on healing yourself, of truly rediscovering who you are. What are your hobbies? What are your likes? What are your dislikes? Because it goes back to you can't have success in a battle unless you know what you're fighting. So what are you fighting for? What do you want in life? That was something just the other day I was talking with my best friend. And I was like, okay, what's your five-year plan? Where do you want to see yourself in five years? Because if you don't want option A, why are we going to save up or pursue? Or why are you going to put your time and energy into option A if you want option B? It's insanity and it doesn't make sense. Yet, that's what we do in life is we say that we want something, you know, we want option A, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, our entire other, our entire gut saying, let's go to option B, but we're pouring our energy into option A. Yet, oh, this is what the Lord has for me. In reality, 
you can have option B. You just need to actually pursue it and know that you want it. And it's time that we stop giving him, in a sense, so much way say on our lives that he doesn't, (laughs) that I honestly think that he doesn't even really want. Yes, he wants to be included, but he's not in control of if you eat that cookie or not. That's your own self-control. Okay? That is your own self-control, darling. He's not some big man up in the sky, totally uninvested in your life, but he's also not this, like, puppeteer of saying, oh, I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to do this and that, and ha, ha, ha. That's not who he is either. He is a loving, compassionate father. And he wants to give you victory, but first, you actually have to be pursuing him in obedience. And you have to be pursuing the things that you want that are the things of him that he wants for you. And that really starts with taking action for your life. And I think that's what we do is we just, we subconsciously just look for that other person to put the weight on and to put the blame on. And also often, if we can't find someone to be mad at or a person or a physical thing, we just, we kind of put it on a higher spiritual being. And I've done that, and I'm ashamed to say I've done that. But the truth is, I even just think of the talents. You know, like all through the Bible, like that's my biggest thing is there's a big group of culture that says, oh, we just have to be poor and just content and what we have and live bare minimum. That's that's not that's not the life that you see in the Bible. Most of the greatest heroes in the Bible were like, millionaires in our time okay they were investors they were entrepreneurs they were doers they took action and all i think of is the master with the three servants and the talents money invest go do more with the gifts i've placed inside of you and that third servant just kind of buried it and the master was not too pleased but I guarantee that servant was just, oh, you know, this is the master's. He'll make it grow if he wants it to grow rather than him cultivating that himself. Because you don't just look at it as money, but look at it as talents. What talents and gifts has he placed inside of you? And are you neglectfully neglecting <clears throat> and not actually cultivating? Because in order for him to make that plant grow, you first have to put it in the ground you first have to put it it's like a farmer with the crops he can plant and he can sow but then he trusts upon the lord to bring the rain something that he can't necessarily control and that's the victory and success in battle when you are walking in that obedience and you are actually taking action and responsibility for your own life and i'm not saying the i can't trust him for anything you know because that's also lack of faith if I have to do it all myself and I have to be in control. That's not what I'm talking about. Think of the farmer. He's like, okay, it's my responsibility to plant this crop. It's my responsibility to do the groundwork. And it's his responsibility on whether or not he brings the rain. We actually need to start taking action for our own lives and our own choices and take responsibility for ourselves. Because the thing is, I think we're too many of us are fighting battles and suffering and things that he doesn't really want us to suffer 
because out of neglectfulness, whether it's neglecting of ourselves, neglecting in that self-care, or just the groundwork of that. But I think too many of us, we don't want to take credit for the good things in our life because we don't want to take credit for the bad things of, oh, it's just life. Hardships come. No, hardships probably come most of the time because of our own disobedience. It goes back to, he's not going to make you the tail. He already promises you to be the head. But first he tells you, if there's curses upon your family, you must break them with fasting and prayer. That there is demons that might be attached to you from relationships you got into or your parents or those people in your generation. It goes back to epigenetics and that's what we're talking about. And that is the beautiful thing I got talking to a friend about a couple months ago in my research is epigenetics is the ability to turn on and off the genes. And in the Bible, it says your parents sins for four generations. That's because their choices will affect the next four generations of genes. But you and your obedience or disobedience can turn on and off those genes because you're not responsible and you're not, that's not your destiny. That's not your future of their sins unless you choose it so. You know, and so this whole thing of, oh, cancer just runs in the family. Oh, depression just runs in the family. Oh, this just runs. That is being passive and not taking action. Because I guarantee that's not God's best care for you. But there are certain things that because of your parents or because of you, that you have to take responsibility and change off. You have to switch that off. If alcoholism runs in your family, you're probably going to be more apt to become an alcoholic. But that doesn't mean you have to become one or have to fear becoming one. But it starts with taking action. Taking responsibility. Taking up your sword. Because you cannot go into battle just with your sword still in its sheath and be la, 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 it's whatever the Lord. No, you have to be running into battle with full conviction and full faith that you will have success and victory because you've been walking in obedience because the strategy changes. The strategy is not always the same and every battle, it's going to look a little different, but the obedience, the groundwork, of nope, this is my Lord and I'm going to pursue the things of truth and I have pure conviction that his truth and his word and what he says is the truth. Because we need to start realizing that he gives us the victory, but we need to start taking action to get that victory. Because he has all those gifts. He's not just a, he only has so many gifts. And so, oh, everybody else can have the blessings, but not me type of God. No, he has his own giant pile of blessings and gifts for you and what your life and what you want your life to look like and what he wants your life to work like and what he created you to create. With those gifts and talents, he's given you that pile of gifts. You know, if he wants you to become a doctor, he's not going to give you an art palette to go paint. If that's the gift, if you have that desire to become a doctor, he's not going to give you an art palette. But if he created you to be that artist and that outflow and that writer and that speaker, he might not give you the best cooking skills, those gifts, but you can still harness that in practice. Are you trying to get what I'm saying? He has an individual set, a pile of gifts for you and they're free for you to open. But in order to open a gift, what does that take? It takes action. 
It takes action to open up a gift. You know, when it's your birthday, that gift inside of that gift bag is not just going to pop out by itself. You actually have to open action. You need to take responsibility and action and stop using him as a crutch. Because that's the free will. He's given you the free will. And in every single story that you see, it takes action of faith for the victory to come. David didn't just win those battles. He had to go into the battle. Abraham was told to sacrifice his son. He had to have full faith that God might save him. But if not, he was still obedient. So he took his son up with every intent to kill him. Rahab, I believe it's Rahab. She put the red rope outside of her window. That took action. If she didn't, she and her family would have been killed. And because of her obedience, the line of Yeshua came from her. You know? Because we can give the victory to God because ultimately the victory comes from him. But first, it takes action to actually fighting for that victory. It takes, you know what? I had the courage because I trusted in him to do so. And you know what? I'm suffering right now in a place I don't really want to be because of my passivity and disobedience. Because too many of us are fighting battles that he doesn't want us to fight, but we are willingly choosing to fight because we're focused on the wrong things. So I challenge you today. To really realign and start taking responsibility. Because when you start taking responsibility, you take back the keys. The keys to your cage and you take back the freedom to your life. Because ultimately, when we give away that and we just become passive, it's not God we're given the authority to. It's the devil. Because God's already given you the authority. He says, hey, I've given you this power. So when we're just, oh, you know, the Lord, oh God, we're talking about little G God over here that's coming to steal. He wants to steal that authority from you that the Lord himself has already given you. Do you understand the drasticness of that? So as we end this podcast episode today, I really challenge you, who are you giving the authority to? Are you having the authority to make the choices? Are you letting the devil steal your blessings and steal that authority? And are you just staying passive out of fear? Because you also need to start taking responsibility for that. And yeah, if this podcast encouraged you, if it meant a deep impact to you, I, I, I encourage you to leave a review, to message me if you have questions or thoughts. And just to share it with a friend because every little bit does help me and it's an encouragement to me because I am human just as you. And thank you.